All right, welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan and that terrible fedora. Why? 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 Because, Anthony, you know, the more things change in 2021, like some, we got to stick with the things that make us happy. And that's what I've learned. And, you know, the, the fedora, fedora makes, makes you happy. happy. It does make me happy. And also, like, I mean, you don't want to see the hair situation I got going on, like, several <laughs> months into it. it. It's probably been almost a year since I got a haircut. So, yeah. Dang. So I have like I four know. hairs at the front now. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to like split them literally? Beat with you like do it. Yeah, <laughs> you're like you. I know. I know you and I split hairs while you and I talk oftentimes, but like you're literally sitting there with with a knife. I, I've, of- I've doubled hairs. That's that, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Oh man, a, a year. I know. I know you. You know this. This particular situation scares you and your sensibilities more no, than most. I did like a haircut at home in like March, so not exactly a year, but like right. But you haven't gone to get a haircut. No, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will I, not until I have the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went about a few months, and and it was just I could feel the hair on the back of my neck and. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not I mean, look, the, your looks are the only thing you have going for. Literally, so, like, like I, I have brains. That's why I don't have much going. Um, all right, so <laughs> today's show, uh, we are going to start by uh, talking about you know, with with today being the anniversary of Kobe's passing, uh, Harrison and I are going to kind of remember him in our in our own way uh, to start with, and and we're going to start with things that we didn't know about Kobe. Uh, that we have learned in the last year. Um, and actually, it's 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 actually kind of astounding how much that we've been able to learn. It's kind of what happens when somebody dies, right? You get all kinds of people coming out and telling stories that uh, that 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 paint their own picture of their relationship with the guy or the person. So so that's kind of what we're going to talk about in the first part here. Um, and then from there, you know, because it is the Kobe's passing and because he is kind of an industry unto his own, or was one, well, still is one, clearly. Uh, we were kind of put off, I think, is a, is a way I think I'm safe in saying it right, that, that yeah. we were kind of put off by uh, some of the coverage uh, today and the response to it today, even while Vanessa's asking people, hey, please don't make this too big of a deal. It's already difficult enough to go through this without turning and seeing his face everywhere. Uh, and her face everywhere, Gigi's face everywhere. And then uh, from that, we're going to segue over to basketball talk, and, and we're going to do so awkwardly because there is no way to no other way to do so. So let's go ahead and start, though, uh, with the with what we have learned. I'll go ahead and start because I I think I have a pretty good one here. But it really like I knew that he liked pushing people, right? Like, like that was remember the Kobe challenge on Twitter, right? That was something that he really enjoyed doing. Yeah. Um, and he was so much better at it than like Shaq, for example, who just hops on national TV and says people suck uh, yeah. and, and hopes that they take that the right way. But we already knew that Kobe enjoyed inspiring people, but the, the, the random texts that people would get from an unknown number would said like it was Kobe Bryant. Uh, and he wanted to talk to them about things and and the the wide variety like the 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 spectrum of people who were getting these texts uh is 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 so cool to me it's so cool to me and and uh the the impact that he had on greatness all over the map whether it's sports or entertainment or 
industry, whatever, what have you. He just, he wanted to see people. It's, it's why it, it really kind of highlights or, or makes you understand, you know, to the fullest extent why like Shaq annoyed him or why Dwight Howard the first time around annoyed him, right? The, the, the idea of, of unfulfilled talent or unfulfilled promise drove Kobe insane. And so when he saw promise, he wanted to do whatever he could to reach out and try to help that person fulfill that, that uh, you know, whatever prodigious talent that we're talking about here. So that, that was so cool to me, the various stories that people came out with and all the people who came forward with like, he, he called you. Oh, he, he called you. You got a call too. Did you get a call Harrison? I I never got a call from Kobe himself. I, I do I remember. Did. How about that? Yeah. That's a bummer. Oh, huh? You got a Kobe challenge. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah, it's to lose weight. I failed. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're the first person to ever admit that you failed a Kobe challenge. I feel like everybody else has come out and they've said something that like he told them to do that like turned their life around. And you're like, you're like, yeah, I told me to lose weight. I didn't. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm still trying. Yeah. Like you, 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 some people take U-turns longer than others. <laughs> yeah. Well, also like some people get easier challenges than others. And... <laughs> yeah. Giannis, get MVP of the league. Done. <laughs> Anthony, go lose like five. Anthony, pounds. go carb No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what sticks out to you over the last year or so that, that you've learned about the guy that you didn't necessarily know heading into this year, which it well, sucks that it takes this to learn about him. But, but here we are. Well, but this is kind of ha- what happens with death, right? Like, I mean, there's, you know, we as human beings don't always do a great job of giving people their flowers before their funeral. Yeah. Like, and like a, a big thing that like, you know, in society is like, you know, when you go to a funeral or you go to a celebration of life or memorial or whatever you're calling it for someone, like people will tell stories that maybe no one outside of like their closest friends have heard about them before, but like, it's so it's the way that we grieve. Like we try to remember the good times. And so, you know, these people never had, you know, a motivation to put like their interactions with Kobe out in the streets before this. And so like, I mean, there's a reason for it obviously, but yeah, it is sad that like we only hear about these things afterwards and both of mine are kind of along the similar line as yours. So like, I think number one is like, like in terms of pushing people, it's like, how like it wasn't just NBA players or entertainers or whatever, yeah. like his girls basketball team. Like yeah. we knew that he was really obviously involved in that, like, you know, starting the sports complex. Like he was, I think probably almost all of his Instagram posts post retirement were about Gigi's basketball team <laughs> and like, like stuff like that. So like we knew he was into it, but it's like, you never know really what kind of coach someone is. And obviously like, well, he's alive. Like he's, you know, reporters aren't going to descend on like this girl's basketball team and ask them what's coach Kobe like. And like, they aren't going to want to do those interviews because it's just weird. And like, he's trying to, you know, like not protect his image, but you know, he's a celebrity that still has interests and you're not trying to like let somebody pry into someone's personal business. But like afterwards, you know, it's been amazing to hear Zach Randolph, who I didn't even know his daughter was on Kobe's basketball team mm-hmm. and like talk about their interactions and like how they'd bond over like they'd be sitting and watching these practices and games and like like how Gigi played like Kobe and Zach Randolph's <laughs> daughter played like him and That's like so down amazing. to like mean mugging at opponents and like, you know, <laughs> post moves and getting upset with fouls that were too hard. And like Gigi's taking like nonsensical, like fadeaways sometimes and like stuff that, you know, it's like, oh, yep, that's Kobe's daughter. Uh, and like, you know, just 
like how much he clearly cared about that team though, like as people and how he was like Mirren Fader, you know, our, our, both of our friend who has mm-hmm. come on the podcast a couple times, like did, wrote a great story for the ringer today that I would encourage everyone to go read about Kobe, the basketball coach. And like just talking to these girls that were like on other teams in the league and he'd like send them shoes and stuff like that because he respected their game and he was, he could tell that they wanted to get better and he respected that. And like how he would bring, you know, these groups of kids from this league to go and like see, you know, Sabrina, uh, Sabrina Ionescu with uh, like uh, her basketball team mm-hmm. and like, like visit with them and visit with these college kids that like they're really looking up to, obviously. And uh, like just that part of it. And then also like the story that stuck with me, you know, just as we all talk, like I know you and Pete have this talk a lot about like the current coverage of NBA media and you and I are even mm-hmm. going to talk about that to some degree on this podcast, but like the the story that stuck with me, and I think part of this is my profession, but is last year when Zach Lowe wrote his obit on Kobe, uh, and he talked about how Kobe wanted the coverage of the game to focus more on the game, and he was trying mm-hmm. to find other like-minded people to talk about and encourage to do this X's and O stuff, and to like who's, people whose passion for basketball he respected, and it's not, frankly, it's not surprising that Zach Lowe was one of those people, mm-hmm. um, and like just how passionate he was about making sure that in the soap opera stuff, people didn't lose track of like the actual beauty of the game. And that's something that's resonated with me a lot. And something that like, you know, look like, you know, I run a blog, like I'm not, not every single story that I write is going to be about X's and O's, but I have tried to take more of that into my coverage as like, a little bit of like, it was a little bit of a reminder of something I probably should have been doing anyway, but also a little bit as a tribute of like, you know, I think he was right about the way that the game should be covered to some mm-hmm. degree. And this is a way to kind of pay homage to that. And look, I don't know that like Kobe would be a silver screen role reader, uh, you know, or anything where he's still around. But like, I, I'd i like to think that the way that I'm approaching it is like, hopefully something closer to what he wanted out of media and that is like a standard that i try to strive for is like let, let's make sure that we're keeping the main thing the main thing and focusing on basketball as much as we possibly can yeah i mean when he retired right he had his choice of projects to put his name on and to really tackle right and and uh one of the things that he was really passionate about was that detail series on espn yes. and uh instead of becoming a, a a voice on the jump or instead of hopping on ESPN's, you know, pregame, postgame, halftime, you know, Sunday inside show or whatever inside the NBA, like all of those shows would have welcomed him with open arms in a second. Uh, he, he wasn't interested in doing that. He wanted to focus on the basketball. He wanted to elevate the discussion of the basketball and, you know, more than you could do in five minutes as a talking head. Well, also like, like yeah. in, when, when five of, you know, when four minutes and 30 seconds of those five minutes are spent on, you know, whether Giannis should stick it out in Milwaukee, you know, <laughs> like that's just, I, I, I find myself, yeah, I agree with you completely. That's a great thing to, to kind of, and, and, and it's narrowed to both of our focuses to, you know, don't go, don't get us wrong here, but it is something that I, I think, uh, Kobe has been right about a lot. You know, he, he was well on his way to becoming a billionaire. He, he was, it was going to happen sooner rather than later. And uh, one of the things that I, I think that he can, you know, rest easy about being right about is because of the, the success of like 
you know, Pete's success, uh, Silver Screen and Roll's growth, uh, you know, my own show and and what it has done. And 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 you draw that out. Zach Lowe is the biggest voice in the sport and he focuses heavily on the sport. And and you can, you know, pick any number of people who focus on the sport whose success indicates that there was a there was a hunger for that type of coverage. Yeah. And Kobe knew it. Uh, and and he wanted to tap into it, and unfortunately, he didn't get long enough to to really see that see that through. So, I guess it's you know on us to 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 pick up that mantle and 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 do that part of his legacy as as, as well as we could. The part that that I I, well, I, I have say, trouble speaking with speaking of not focusing on basketball, yeah, yeah like yeah, the part, and things that are wrong with the media. <laughs> the part that I I have a hard time watching take place is like today was a perfect encapsulation of the kind of coverage that I think Kobe would have, would have had no time for. And, uh, the, 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 the blatant grief mongering and, and the, and the, uh, blatant attempts at just generating legacy by way of SEO that involved Kobe's name, like USA today sports got the brunt of everybody's, uh, annoyance and anger, and we Rightfully knew somebody so. was going to do it. We knew somebody right. was going to go like way over the line of what you should be doing today, and it was them. Like, right? Well, yeah. but yeah. but like that line, that line only moved to that to that point because, like, the, where that comes from. So USA Today, for those of you who don't know, because uh, they deleted out, it, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, with the quickness. Uh, they so they they sent out a series of tweets that were basically live tweeting minute by minute as it would have happened today. So if the helicopter would have gone uh, gone down today, they were going like minute by minute of Here's what Here's what was going on right now a year ago, basically. A year ago, yeah. right. And and uh, obviously people didn't take well to that. That was the exact, by the way, kind of thing that Vanessa like specifically asked for. Like, hey, don't make us relive that part of this. You know, like, yeah, it's, it's, one like- thing, it's one thing to say like, you know, a team out there in the NBA, you know, putting up a 24 at mid court or something like that, which she also, by the way, doesn't, wasn't comfortable with either, but this was like, this was graphic reliving and, and going through that all over again in ways that I, you know, she and her family no didn't news want you either. Like why, what did nothing, we need to there was know about that? Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was nothing added to it. They said that they, you know, so I, I actually happen to have their explanation for it up earlier tweets, shared reporting, about the helicopter crash that killed Kobe Bryant and eight others. It was our intent to share new reporting around the day's timeline. Our tweets came with no warning or context. We took down those tweets and regret the insensitivity of the content. Uh, <laughs> like, the intent was to jar- you know, was to garner and, and generate uh, any kind of engagement uh, on the event itself. And, and, that's- and like this idea that they were going to offer us something new. I've seen the tweets. There was nothing new in there. there well, and that, I, I didn't see anything new. That, that's also what I kind of like. I didn't want to make this just to like, let's attack USA Today Sports because obviously they messed up the worst, but they are not the only ones. Like, I, I can't tell you how many things I saw that were so clearly like, like people, like I understand that everyone grieves in different ways and whatever, but like when you're just like a national account with like, no connection to Kobe whatsoever or whatever. And you're mm-hmm. just like tweeting like hashtag Mamba forever with like four photos of him and like Kobe. Like you're, you are essentially trying to get engagement off of human beings dying. 
And right. like, there's no news value to it. You are not helping people like cope. You're not like, you are just like, this is sad. People will share because they are also sad. And you're like mm-hmm. capitalizing on grief. And look, like maybe that is an overly callous way to look at it at times, but it's just like, there were so many either stories or posts of people like, you know, like, again, this is a year later. Like, we don't need to see the photo of the one time you met Kobe and it's like, oh, I'm so sad, but also look at this and mm-hmm. here's me and Kobe or here's this time Kobe emailed me or like, whatever. like, it's just like, it's one thing when we're all processing it in the week afterwards and everybody's trying to remember him and whatever. Like, it just feels different to me when you're essentially like, oh, it's been one year since that person died. Let me get some retweets like and oh, yeah, by the way, I knew them or oh, yeah, by the way, like. I have access to Getty images and a photo of him and Gigi. And like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. There was just like, look, I know that it's like, this is not like a hard and fast line and there's, you know, degrees here and whatever. And everybody has different tastes and content and what they think is over the line and behind the, but the thing that stood out to me is something that you referenced of Vanessa, Vanessa feeling like she needed to post a week before telling people like, like, this was not day before, like, oh, yeah, maybe I should get... This is, like, a week before of, like, I yeah. know you all are working on some pretty messed up stuff. Like, hey, maybe don't do that, and I'm going to give you plenty of time to see this, of, like, just don't force us to relive that day. And, like, that doesn't say really a lot to me about how respectful the coverage has been to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that that's not a great commentary on the state of like our press and like I, I this is not me being a fake news guy i just like i'm willing to acknowledge their problems in sports journalism as well mm-hmm. as like there are lots of strengths to it as well and we're not and, perfect either by the way no we are not and like i have made my share of mistakes like and uh, like but that that was just the thing that bothered me the most today and was just the most disappointing was to kind of see like what was essentially grief porn like cascading across grief porn clout chasing like across the timeline still a year later and that that's like how we're going to memorialize and again like i understand that this is like me just ranting at this yeah, point well, but it's just I, I something think, that bothers me i think like t- you know so so uh on locked on lakers today uh the kamenetsky brothers came on and i thought um andy made a really good point where he said you know, basically like ask yourself why you're posting this, ask yeah. yourself why, ask yourself why you're putting this out into the atmosphere. And, and, and like, for me, what I can only answer that for myself, but I basically would say, uh, Hey, is this adding to his memory? Is this adding to the experience of, of following this guy from start to finish and, uh, and, and be, and now beyond. and, you know, and, and, and those pictures of, of like, I saw somebody, you know, say like, quote this with your four favorite Kobe shoes. And it's like, you're doing a quote this on this guy. Like, yeah. We're, like, we're, we're, that's, we're that's doing a quote this with Like, that's with, craven with to me. And, and yeah. I don't want to, like, again, I don't want to spend too much longer on this, but like, it, it was stuff like that that just did uh, really bother me. And I know bothered you as well. And like, also like, just some of the players that I, or the questions that I saw players across the league get asked over the course of this week. Like, I think sometimes we need to reevaluate our priorities and like, like this is real trauma and these are human beings. And I understand that like their opinion and their reaction to things is newsworthy and relevant, but like also like, is it worth subjecting them to trauma again and reliving a moment. And like some of these guys really wanted to talk about certain aspects yeah. of this. Or like, that's fine. It. 
Yeah. Like when Marcus Saul says like mid question, I don't want to talk about this. You should pick up on it. <laughs> you should recognize and maybe not ask a follow up on the subject and make it to point to the point where like Mark feels the need to apologize because his answer doesn't live up to your expectations. Whereas like Anthony Davis was very happy to talk about this stuff, you know, and, and, and when you can pick up on that vibe, like you should, if you want to, if you want to tug on that string and you see the reaction to the tugging on it, you gotta, you gotta read the room and, and, and it's tough. I know it's tough it because wasn't just- there literally isn't a room nowadays, but but it's just it, like this goes this goes for everybody at like that mark is the example that i'm that came to the forefront of my mind there were examples all the way throughout the league of 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 people who you know the only reason you're asking this is to get kobe in your seo like that's it <laughs> I, i'm sorry but if you're asking somebody in philly about about kobe and 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 that stuff it's it's so that you can write for the philadelphia audience and get Kobe in your title and your headline. And, and, and it's just, we're a year removed from this. And it was gross when he was alive. And it's even worse when he's dead. Yeah, it's just, for me, the thing that I just go back to is everybody grieves differently. And if you grieve by wanting to talk about it, then great. But mm-hmm. like we, we, we all, the royal we, have to read that room and understand and be and report empathetically, I think, is mm-hmm. um, the thing that just like keeps coming and like, and not everyone has to have a take. Like I, I actually, that's what I wrote about today for silver screen and roll is just like my struggle to even come up with all, what all this means or even have a take on it at this point that hasn't been said. And I, I like, frankly, I just think that there were some takes out there that were just clearly like you trying to find a news peg for this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's segue awkwardly. When we come back from the break, we are going to talk about uh, some of the things that we have taken note of. Harrison, I think it's been a couple weeks since we talked, so uh, there were a couple things from from this Lakers season to this point that uh, we we feel the need to discuss. All right, so he's become a punching bag, at least on my show because of his kind of general approach to the season to this point. But Anthony Davis, like it's, it's gotten to the point where everybody sees it, right? Everybody watching the game is seeing that, you know, he's getting out physical guys are getting offensive rebounds on him that normally wouldn't get offensive rebounds on him. He's settling on offense. He's just kind of, and, and, you know, some of this was, was, we knew it was going to happen. We knew that Anthony Davis wasn't, you know, they, they just finished last season only a few months ago. So I, you know, I'm not saying I don't understand where, why it's happening, but I, I, I do think like when, when somebody is playing so clearly uh, lower in terms of intensity with such lower intensity than the players around him, like it sticks out, especially with this Lakers team, given that they're playing hard enough to have the top defense in the league. And that's actually Harrison, what I wanted to, kind of run by you here is how is it that the most talented defender in the NBA is kind of sleepwalking through the season and yet the Lakers still have the top defense in the NBA it's kind of so there's either kind of two trains of thought to it right it's either we need to pay more attention and Anthony Davis is actually playing harder on defense than we're giving him credit for or the other guys on the team are just picking up for him in ways that we didn't we weren't necessarily sure they 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 could 
Or the third, you know, the, uh, behind door number three is, you know, something that I, I think a lot of awards voters were uh, were a take that a lot of awards voters were sitting on last year. Are the Lakers better off defensively with Anthony Davis <laughs> off the floor? I think it's time to start asking the question, like, Anthony, the on-off numbers, the on-off numbers, is Anthony yeah, Davis good at defense? Like, you know, are you, are you leaning to door product? number three? Is that what you're telling me right now? Is no, that, like, I, if you I'm had not, If seriously. you had the three doors in front of you, you would... <laughs> Just kind of no. peek through, try to peek under the door and see what's under there? No, look, I think that as far as the defense goes, I think that part of it is that this team does it differently than other te- than the last Lakers team. They are they are less physical. Like, there's no way around that. But they're quick. They generate turnovers. Like, you know, they aren't necessarily swatting shots at the rim, but they will force you to go over them uh, and, like, try and take more difficult shots than maybe you would have or alter your angle or do other things like that. Um, and so I think that there's some of that. I think that some of it is that they haven't played the strongest schedule so far. They played a decently difficult schedule. And I actually mm-hmm. saw that, like, I think it was like higher up in strength of schedule than I actually thought it was. But yeah. basically because I've watched these games and I was like, damn, all these teams suck. But I guess maybe they're like pretty maybe good. They relative. Suck because they're playing the Lakers. Yeah, exactly. And so like, I, I think there's some of that. And I also think like some of it is, you know, like, I think that there is, like, teams are going to, even if it doesn't necessarily look like Anthony Davis is stopping them, like, Anthony Davis is not a guy that you're going to go at. And so maybe you're going to other things in your offense or, you know, you're trying other things that maybe, like, yeah, it works out sometimes and it looks bad when there are breakdowns, but, like, you're not going to be as successful as often. Like, sort of like, uh, I forget which defender this was, but somebody wrote a really good story a year, a year or two ago on, like, I'm I wish I could remember who it was, but it was someone uh, who was like one of the, and they basically found a stat that was like, you know, like basically teams almost never ran plays near where this player was via Mm -hmm. like energy or sports view data or something like that. Like they just, Mm -hmm. they just didn't even want to be near him essentially Mm -hmm. or like have the ball. And I don't remember who it was. So I apologize for a while. That was Richard Sherman where like he would be on the side of the the field and they just wouldn't mess with the right side of the field. Or or Revis Island, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like a really good shutdown corner where like you're just not even going to throw over there. And that's Mm -hmm. the best compliment they can give you uh, is that like, they're not. And so like, I, I don't think that that is exactly what's happening with Anthony Davis, but I do think that maybe there is, like I've been trying to think of unconventional ways that maybe they're just making this work. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I mean, that's kind of what I've settled on a little bit is just the, and also like maybe he is like, he doesn't always look like he's trying the hardest, but he might just be so good that he's still finding ways to affect the game or to gum up possession. Like, I don't think that I'm not as down on him and look, this is not atypical for our relationship, but like, I'm not as down on this, I think as you are. And I'm certainly not concerned about it because it very much, I am on the same page with you and that it does seem to be an effort and engagement thing. Like, I'm not like, like, I don't think Anthony Davis is washed. Not that you're saying that, but like, I think that he still, like, he can Although somebody asked me to say that Anthony Davis is washed, that he could turn his season around. I mean, honestly, (laughs) it's not the worst idea we've had on this show. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm not, I think for me, what it is, and Pete and I have talked about this. You and I have talked about this. Is that like, we just saw this guy play some of the best basketball that we have seen from that position in a really, really long time. And that took place only a few months ago. So with that being so fresh in our minds, we're sitting here saying like, what, what just happened? It was, it was two months. 
months ago. Like he's probably <laughs> like not everyone is a cyborg like LeBron and can just well, like that, turn back that, on again. That. You know, like right. I, I'm just you know it's 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 just it's it's also tough though because like in terms of 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 NBA bodies out there, like yeah, LeBron has maybe the greatest NBA body of all time. But Anthony Davis isn't like freaking <laughs> Shelton Shaq. Like he's not, he's not built like, you know, or, or the, the inverse of that, right. Is like rookie Brandon Ingram who like gets pushed over by, you know, some breezes. So like, I don't know. I just, I find myself saying, you know, on one hand, I, I, I keep, I, I enter this with an open mind. Uh, it might be that I'm too hard on the guy because of what we just saw a few months ago. It might also be that the Lakers uh, and Frank Vogel is known as a defensive coach run a system that so long as Anthony Davis isn't like actively hurting you or actively trying to score on you, the Lakers system is such that they'll, they'll be a pretty good defense. And then also like we got to credit the, the other defenders that the Lakers have on the team that is Schroeder uh, for all that, he's been struggling with is is uh much better defensively than i thought he was going to be he, when tries, he, exit- he tries for sure yeah. like it's not always good and it's not always he doesn't always do the right thing but he tries and that yeah. makes up for a lot situationally speaking Kentavious Cobble pope is a pretty good defender uh kyle kuzma has been trying a lot harder on defense this year lebron is defending his ass off you know you, you see the effort that lebron brings on that end of the court marcus Saul's former defensive player of the year and so for the 20 uh, minutes that he's on the court he's at least smart enough to be you know effective and and then you kind of go say, a little bit. just a really quick tangent marcus all is part of the answer here right like marcus I think so. is, he is better defensively than people give him credit for because his low lights look horrible like it looks like if you were out there like when he gets blown by like it looks bad no one is disputing that but I would say for most of the game he does a really solid job with positioning angles having his arms up like just smart heady stuff make it you know forcing a defense to make an extra pass that they don't want to make like he is like he is still a good definitely above average defender when he doesn't get like three thousand three minutes against <laughs> the Cavaliers. But like other than that, like yeah. and look, everybody's had their low lights on defense this year, LeBron included and A D included. But like Marcus All is on balance. Like he is part of the answer here of why this hasn't mattered as much. The A D is not and also he's part of the answer in why it doesn't look like Anthony Davis is having as amazing of a defensive season because Maybe. early on in the year, Anthony Davis, because Marcus All is like so groundbound and like like, so needs to kind of be around the rim in order to have effectiveness. Like, you know, he could shuffle his feet occasionally, but that's not where he's going to make his bones. And mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, like, I think at times, you know, is having to do work to make up for that. And at times was like having to chase guys around to make up for that. And that's like, you know, he can do that, but it's not going to look like it looked last year when him and JaVale or him and Dwight were just like patrolling and locking down the paint. Yeah, I, 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 uh. I find oh, and then of the guys that I listed, I didn't even I don't think I mentioned Alex Caruso. No, who, you didn't. So in, does in Anthony opinion, hate Alex Caruso? In my opinion, like is a top three maybe point guard defensively in the NBA. I, I, I think I can I think I can say that. As long I as you say top three, then like everyone will agree with you because everyone else may have like a different two, but they aren't like top three is like as high as you can go like without it sounding like an insane five. Pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I but like I think the Lakers are situated to where and and then like I've been kind of pleasantly surprised by Montrez Harrell's defense, especially on the perimeter. 
Uh, and and you can kind of go down the list. Wes Matthews is a smart defenser, d- defensive player. I think he gets carried away sometimes, and, and he forgets how old he is, uh, and and goes out there on the perimeter and tries a little too hard. But but nonetheless, I you know it's I, I think it's a uh, it's it's a team that can make up for this so long as Davis isn't actively hurting you. And and he hasn't reached that point. Maybe on offense in some stretches where they keep throwing him the ball, and all he keeps doing is are these, uh, you know, face up, hold the ball for seven seconds and then either pass the ball or shoot like a fadeaway mid-range jumper. Like those, those don't really help the offense very much. But overall, I, it's hard to complain about a team that's sitting here at what, 14 and four, has the best defense in the league and it has been pretty clearly the best team uh, in the NBA. It's just because of how good everybody else is and because of how well everybody is playing, some of these things stick out more than most. And in this case, Anthony Davis, like there was a stretch yesterday in the Cleveland game where he was doing the Rashid Wallace, like run from the top of one key to the top of another key. And he was just kind of like, <laughs> he's just kind of like waddling back and forth. This, this is 20, like prime Anthony was, Davis that we're talking about this. Look, first of all, I have a couple things to say. One of them is it might be hard to complain about this team, but when I texted you and I said, what do you want to talk about today? You found a way. And... <laughs> <laughs> to get that into the show plan. And second of all, like Anthony da- Anthony Davis was just being a selfless teammate, Anthony. He was, you know, he LeBron got out of his way so that he could dominate in his hometown. Mm-hmm. And as they continue this hometown tour, you know, he just was trying to be a courteous teammate and space the floor so that LeBron had as much room as he wanted to take ridiculous fadeaway jumpers to say F you to whatever Cav Scout pissed him off. Um, are, are there so, any Lakers from Philadelphia on the good- roster right now? On the roster. I know I know people are listening at home saying like there is one. Yeah. Um, that is a good question. I mean, not that I can think of off. Well, because just you know, in, in case somebody goes off, in case like, you know, it's, I, I know I don't think yeah, I don't, I don't I can't think of anybody who might be from that area, but in case somebody goes off and, and Anthony Gate Davis gets out of the way, it's just because of the hometown tour. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah, no, see, <laughs> Anthony Davis just has to, like, he found the solution. Like, he can load manage in games any night that someone is in their hometown. Like, he even did it in the second half in Chicago so that THT could get his turn. <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, uh, last thing before we get out of here, the Lakers are going to be playing uh, the Philadelphia 76ers tonight or, or tomorrow by the time whenever you guys are listening to this. And uh, I'm kind of curious, Harrison, is there anything in particular that you're looking for? I mean, I called this on the Lakers exceptionalism pod that I did this weekend. We were talking about the upcoming schedule and like, I'm, I'm just calling my shot right here. Like Danny Green's going to hit like seven threes <laughs> against the Lakers. Uh, like only like seven or eight, honestly, yeah. because like, like it's just going, it's going to be the revenge game thing. It's going to be the like. This is karma for Lakers Twitter slandering him all the way like through the championship game and into the summer and like <laughs> yeah. still now when he plays bad for the Sixers like and then he's going to have some really passive aggressive tweet about it after the game um and yeah I mean I'm just I'm calling my shot with that. That's a pretty good call. I I'm just curious and I said this I I pr- phrased this to Tim and Tom and I'm curious about your take on it like do you think like how how much do you think the Lakers are going to disrespect his shot tomorrow? Like, do you think like like is LeBron going to play five feet off of him, ten feet? Is he going to do the full like Draymond, like just stand there? No, you go ahead and shoot. Yeah, he if he misses, especially if he misses early, LeBron is going to mess around with him a little bit. Oh, absolutely. 
if he misses, if he if he take if he has the if he breaks his first one or something like that. But if he makes like we know this about Danny, by the way, if he makes his first one, you're in trouble. Yeah. Like if if he if he makes his first one, you're in for a long night. And please do not disrespect him at that point. I'm I would probably pick the Sixers in this game. The Lakers have been kind of playing with fire, like uh, the Milwaukee game, right? LeBron shoots six of ten in that one from three point range in the Cleveland game. LeBron scores 46 points and, and again, shoots like crazy from three point range. And maybe that like, that's just who he is this season. He's a 40% three point shooter. Maybe that's the case. Uh, but, but I think the late, like Philly is playing some of the best basketball in the NBA and uh, Embiid is dominating the sport at a position that if Anthony Davis doesn't quite show up to this one, Avery is thrilled by my prediction. If you can hear her in the background, but uh, if, if Davis, approaches this kind of willy-nilly, right? If he isn't quite ready to, to body up against uh, Embiid or if, or if Marcus Saul gets in any kind of foul trouble, uh, the Lakers might be in for a long one. He's been incredible this season, Embiid has. Um, and and yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd probably take Philly in this one. Is he going to play tomorrow? Because I thought I saw that he, he missed their last game, right? I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I'm going to look this up right now while you continue to talk. I'm going to go ahead and keep the other thing to look out for. Like the Lakers uh, have been good against, you know, shooters and stuff like that. So like Seth Curry, I think isn't somebody I'm particularly concerned about. Ben Simmons has been very good this year uh, at, at, you know, with the added spacing that they have on that roster. Tobias Harris is also the kind of like bigger wing that gives the Lakers some issues. So that's somebody I'm a little nervous about, but, but uh, the, the guy that yeah, like, far away, the so he's not, like, he's not on the injury report. So he yeah, most so, likely will play tomorrow. I would imagine Seth Curry. Uh, yeah. Like nobody significant is uh, even he's probable. So like, yeah. uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be, it looks like both of these teams will be mostly at full strength, which is great. It, yeah. it might be a fine. Do you think this is a finals preview? I think it's a dark horse finals preview. I don't know that it's necessary. Like, I mean, there are definitely teams that I would pick over the Sixers to make the finals. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, the Nets, Bucks, um, possibly the Celtics. Um, yeah, I don't know between those two, but like maybe. Uh, and so, like, it's a dark horse finals preview for sure. But the the Sixers have talent, and Embiid's re- Embiid is the type of guy that can win you a playoff series mm-hmm. just by dominating his matchup. And like, look, if the Nets get them in the playoffs, like, <laughs> like that's a problem. You know, he's gonna like, average sixty. Yeah, like, like he's gonna average Shaq numbers in that series. Like, they may not win, but you know, like, no, I think they would win. I I think you know he he might be good enough to where they just they because they like Philly also has the size like Ben Simmons matched up on KD is a pretty good matchup like all you know by relatively speaking uh, yeah I I I'd probably take I would probably go ahead and hop out on uh, onto a limb right now and say that as of right now this this appears to me to be the the finals preview oh wow uh, okay. Yeah, I, Philly's playing really, really good right now, really well. And and I don't, I will never fully trust Doc Rivers in the playoffs with a team that isn't like absolutely stacked and loaded. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Like, like he's gonna have to make decisions that win them games, <laughs> like rather than just like not lose. And yeah, yeah, it was fun last night after the game. Uh, Pete and I were able to like laugh at the fact that the Lakers don't have to bash their head up against the wall like doc did with Montrez harrell when like 
Andre Drummond is the exact kind of player you don't want Harrell on. And we're going to see it at stretches tomorrow because there are some stretches where Harrell is going to play the five and you just got to hope that that doesn't happen while Embiid is is out there. And if it does, it's not going to go very well for for Harrell. But uh, but it's, it was fun last night to laugh at the fact that the Lakers can actually adjust there, whereas Clippers fans last year were just freaking out because, good God, Doc, why is he still out there? And, and look, in the playoffs, like – AD's going to guard those guys and he's going to turn it yeah. on. And like, like if Marcus all gets in foul trouble, like they, they aren't, there's not going to be a situation where it has to be Harold barring mm-hmm. like injuries or something like that. It's going to be Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> he might, he might do better against some of those guys. Like, yeah, I honestly, at this point, Caruso's playing so great defensively. I don't know what he can't really do on the court on that end of the court. And then yeah, I mean, guard and beat is the answer. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Little guy would try his best, but <laughs> could you imagine the size disparity there? Yeah, like just I, how ridiculous that would. Look. I can see Caruso's face too, just absolutely locked in, like trying to find an yeah. angle, trying to swap the ball away, and then just getting hip checked into like the nineteenth row. Uh, he just looks like a match down there, right? Because his head's all red, just trying to stop. Yeah, just like to trying to move him straight through the stanchion wall behind the basket, uh, like in the bubble <laughs> where they're going to end up having to play the playoffs. Yep. All right. Uh, it, that was Avery telling me that I need to, to end this podcast. You know, so, this this reminds me of longtime Locked On Lakers listeners will remember the uh, the Ghost Cat episode. You can't where, hear her? No, you I can't. cannot. I cannot. So this oh. is like this is like there was one episode of Locked on. on Lakers early on where Anthony continually was apologizing for his cat being so loud and no one could hear the cat. And uh, like so, it became known as the Ghost Cat episode. And this is like this is like the She's ghost right here. Actually, Oreo episode. is like right here yeah. off camera. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Uh, it's going to be a fun one. This Lakers-Philly game is going to be a really fun one. Hopefully, it's going to be a really fun one, so long as a certain somebody actually cares. Uh, either way, we're going to have that. you got to find something to complain about every year. I love it. I lo- like This is my favorite one of your personality quirks. It's, like, it's got to be something. You can't just be happy. It's gotta, like, there has to be something that is making you mad. Yeah. Like yeah. Dennis Schroeder is your new Rondo and like, but then he's shooting worse than Rondo. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still the number one seed, Anthony. They are. They are. I I say that we have to take all this in context, but I'm allowed to be annoyed at from time. They, get, to time. they could be starting the dream team and you'd be like, <laughs> you'd be like, well, if Charles know, Larry Bird's washed ass in shape, like they're winning every game by 40 points, they could win by 50. Like, <laughs> Well, we'll see if they lose. I think I'm on the, I think I'm on post game tomorrow. So if they lose, you guys are going to hear me complain about the same things that I told you was going to lead to them losing until then have a great rest of your day, everybody, please be safe. And we'll talk to you after the game.